Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. We are going to talk about the blessed life. First of all, I want to thank Tracy and John because they decided to buy this book for you all and give it to you free. And, you know, in a world of cynicism and, and agendas, they are pure in heart in what they offer and what they do. Not only do they give, but they give sacrificially. And not only in their finances, but in what they show up in and how they do and how they work in their life and how they show up day in and day out and what they lay down for you all. And I'm just honored and say thank you, Tracy and John, for providing this for this body and showing up big as you both do. So thank you. Give them a round of applause. Hey, I want to also welcome everybody online. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Hey. I want you guys to know online, I think I've got about 750,000 people watching online today. What's so, what's so funny about that? <laughs> yeah. So welcome online, and uh, we're glad you're here. And Stacy McIntyre, my beautiful wife of 35 years, she does exist, and she's online watching right now. She does exist. Everybody says, McIntyre, you know, where is your wife, you know? And when she's there, she's my coach. She coaches the coach. And so we've been married 35 years, and whatever she says goes. <laughs> so she was honoring St. Mattress today. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that. So why I stay married. So my objective here today is three things. I want you all to leave here today knowing about the blessed life, knowing about how to accumulate wealth and having practical things. I'm a practical guy. I'm very pragmatic. And what I love about the charismania world, can I say that, Tracy, charismania? Okay. When you guys are not afraid of microphones, man, let me just tell you this. I've been in some evangelical places, you know, and you guys sit there and say, hey, you got a word. It's like, everybody's up here. Another, I mean, I've seen some introverts up here come and spit fire. <laughs> I love you charismanias, man. I just do. It's all. Awesome. This guy, we got to get you dancing again, Nelson. But my objective and my desire for you is to walk away here with three takeaways. I love takeaways, right? I love things that you can use now. Listen, God invented this thing called the physical universe. He created this physical. He also created the supernatural. Yeah? So, and we're walking here in gravity that he created. So I'm going to give you things that can defy that gravity today. And it's in the spiritual world, and it's also in the practical. Because the two of these combined make it all happen. And everybody's wealth is different. Yes? You know, somebody told me the other day, if Bill Gates woke up decided to wake up in this, out of this dream, and all of a sudden he finds out that he has Oprah Winfrey money, he would kill himself. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe, was that too harsh? <laughs> Everybody's wealth is different. Right? So, you know, uh, let's stay out of that comparison spirit. So we're going to give you three, uh, three practical things that you can take today. And I want to first give you my experience on tithing and giving. And maybe you're like me. Maybe you're not. Maybe you guys are just better than me. Most of you are. Uh, but 
I was always, you know, I came to Jesus late, right? 2007, 2008, I gave my life to Jesus. And, you know, as they say, I, I was on the road to Damascus and I got knocked off my Bentley. <laughs> you know, it was a brutal fall, let me just tell you this. I was considered the Saul of Preston Hollow, all right? And, but what I always did though, I knew you had to give to the church because I, I raised my daughters and, you know, my wife has always been saved and, uh, she was always praying for me to come in. But, you know, we did go to the Christian place. I liked the Christian atmosphere. I liked the Christian belief system as opposed to the Wiccan belief system, you know. I thought, I'll take my daughters here. This looks good. But as I came, as I gave my life to Jesus, and as I surrendered and said, okay, Father, you are my Lord and Savior, and I give it all to you, then I started reading the Bible differently, doing many things differently. And so when I got to church, when I started going there, I thought, okay, I got to write this check. You know, because it was always awkward to me, you know, and when they pass the hat or pass the deal or do this thing, you know, and it was always like, you know, and then, you know, then all of a sudden during that period of time, everybody started going online and texting in their uh, giving. So with the basket passes you and you didn't do anything in, it's like, hey, wait, I did text something in, you know, because like, and that's not the way he wants it to be. It's not about performance right? It's about giving. The Bible says give with a cheerful heart. And so what hit me, which I didn't even know about until I read this book, Blessed Life, in 2012, and it changed everything for me and Stacy. And what it changed is it gave us freedom. And freedom is so important. It's so, that's, that's the big misconception is people think, wow, I've got to give 10%. No, you don't have to do anything. You get to do it. Do you want to have a blessed life? Do you want to be broke? No. Tracy said the other day, listen, I don't preach a uh, prosperity gospel, but I sure don't preach a poverty gospel. Here's what I go by. John 10.10. If you can pull up John 10.10, I think this is really important. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullest until you overcome. Is that what I said? Overflow. John 10.10. John 10.10. I love John 10.10, right? Because he gave us life abundant. And what is abundant? A lot. It's more than you need, yes? And what is life? Life is our physical body, yes? It's our temple that we have. Relationships with our spouse, our children, our boss, our pastor, our coworkers, our friends, that's life, yes? Our spiritual, our relationship with our Heavenly Father, with the Holy Spirit, yeah? With, with how we show up with our pastor, how we show up in our community, that's spiritual. And how we treat and honor and glorify him and all that we say, do, and think, and spend. And the fourth thing in life is financial. And it's all biblical, baby, right? Being broke is not biblical. That's of the enemy. Because he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life abundant. So are you guys ready to get some life abundant? Yes. My first experience going to the church to donate, to write a check, it was a big, it was a big anxiety thing for me. 
Because I would get to church and I'd bring our checkbook and I'd look at Stacy and said, how much do you think? And she's like, I don't know, I don't know. And say, okay, well, did the pastor like me? Did he acknowledge me? Did he, did he see me in the deal? You know, did I get a good parking spot? Did I enjoy the worship music? Was there coffee? Don't get me started on coffee. I'm going to bring Juan Valdez in here on Sunday. We're going to get some coffee. <laughs> but it was always conditional for me before I decided to write that check. It really had nothing to do with how much money I made that week. It really didn't. It just was conditional. And it was a performance-based. Well, so I read this book, A Blessed Life, and it changed everything. First thing it changed is it showed me about mammon. And my good friend Matthew here the other day, we were talking about it, goes, mammon, man, yes, let's talk about that. Because mammon was on me always. And let me tell you something. I didn't know what mammon was until I read this book. And I'm sitting there reading this book. Stacy and I are at the lake, and I'm reading this book. I thought, oh, my God, this mammon cat has been on my back forever. Every time that I would just get to that next place, make that extra money, buy that deal, do this, and then he would move that goalpost another 20 feet, another 50 yards, another 100 places. And it was like never enough. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, you buy, you buy a new car. It feels good for 30, 60, 90 days. Smells good. Look good. All right, all right, all right. Until it rains and it's muddy. Then you got to make a payment. Then you got to hassle. Something doesn't work. And you got to take it back to the dealership. And it's a hassle and it's pain. Because Ross Perot said what? He said, and I'm quoting Ross Perot because I just think he was a cool cat billionaire. And uh, he said, material things will never make you happy because they constantly break. And they do. They constantly do. You get that life for a little bit, but then come on, here comes mammon. So my good friend Matthew said, man, that, that excerpt in the Bible or in the, uh, the blessed life was so good. Would you put up that excerpt about mammon? Because I think it's real important. It says here, it says, in the biblical sense of the word, mammon is the spirit that rests on money. All money has a spirit on it, either the spirit of God or the spirit of mammon. Money that is submitted to God in his purpose has the spirit of God on it, which is why it multiplies and cannot be consumed by the devourer. On the other hand, money that is not submitted to God has a spirit of mammon on it by default. I like to go to Vegas. That's right, I said it. John told me to let it rip. I'm going to let it rip. Are you ready to, be, are you ready to hear it? Are you ready to go deep? We're going to go full throttle deep water. Are you ready? Are you ready? So if I went out to Vegas, and I like to play blackjack, that's right, I said it, okay? I enjoy it. I enjoy having a good time and taking my wife to a beautiful dinner and a great show. But I know this, if I went out there with abundance, guess what I came back with? More abundance. But if I went out there with scared money, I came back broke. You cannot run with scared money. And mammon is scared money. 
And when they put that money, that scared money upon you, when you, when you get that, you want to hold on so tight. You ever want to hold on so tight? And it seems like the tighter you hang on, it goes away. It's mammon, and it's not of him. So when I read this book, it changed everything. It gave me freedom to where by the time I got to church, either I had already emailed the check-in or, or emailed it online or, or went on and, and did it, had one of my kids do it on my phone because I don't know how to do that. And then, uh, or I had the check already written out and you know, got, to, got to come up and do the dance. And here's my check. Here's my check. Boom, my check. <laughs> I've done the dance. There's glory in that dance. So here are three practical things that I want you to do. If you want to take these down, record these, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, the first thing is, and a lot of people, and, and Stacy and I coach a lot of people. And one of the things that we do when we coach people is that, look, we're going to tell you things you don't want to hear. We're going to point out things you don't want to see. We're going to have thing, do things you don't want to do so you can become the men and women God meant you to be. And so in that, the first thing we always generally do is say, let's create some positive affirmations or declarations for some of you fundamentalists. Some of you get that. (laughs) It's a timing joke. When you replay this, you'll get it. So, but affirmations. My friend Chris Valentin told me, he said, listen, Mac, there's always an algorithm in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, uh, algorithms, do you think we invented algorithms? Don't be stupid. That's too much for us. God dropped that on us and said, here's how you do this, okay? Because he walks in an algorithm of kindness, he walks in an algorithm of love, and he walks in an algorithm of abundance. And so when you start tapping into that algorithm of abundance, it comes. It's, like, it's just like Tracy says in her book. You get in that plumb line, you get in that river, and you get anointed in that river and just stand back. And stop striving, because striving brings what? Grief, anxiety, frustration, sleepless nights, worry, fear, guilt, shame. Effort brings pure results when you bring God onto that effort. So stop trying. Stop striving. Just allow God to bless you in that process. So affirmations. What is an affirmation? It's saying positive things over yourself, over your life, over your children's life, over your business, over your music, over your pasture. And what, how often do you say affirmations? Well, let me just tell you this. Pew Research says 85 to 90% of your self-talk is negative. I'm broke. I can't afford it. I'm fat. I'm skinny. I'm ugly. I'm, I'm okay. I'm inadequate. I don't have this. I don't have that. I can't do this. I can't go there. They don't love me. They talk about me. I'm in fear of this. I got a pimple. I've got gray hair. I'm losing my hair. My eyebrows don't match. That's mine. And Stacy's working on that, and it's a big deal. You have no idea what I got to go through. So when you say positive affirmations, you connect with the algorithm of the Lord. I deserve to be prosperous. That's one of mine. I have great worth just being myself. That's another one. In fact, when I was really young, I'm talking 14 years old young, I was taught to say this, 
The only difference between me and a millionaire is while he's working on his second million, I'm working on my first. Yeah, it's good. Because it came true. And you know why? Because we work and you, God downloads these things to you, right? So affirmations. Here's another one. Every day I get healthier in every way. You know, and you, why, do we, why do you say that as a man thinketh? The Bible says as a man thinketh. God says capture all thoughts. There's a reason for that because the enemy throws some lies at you. You're broke. Listen, the word, the sentence, the phrase, I cannot afford it should never come out of your mouth. Because Satan loves you to say that. Try that one out for a minute. Because that's not of him. Positive affirmations. Self-talk is so important. So with that, you know, the second thing, and, and you can start doing this right now. You can have three. I, I always tell people start with three because you've got great scriptures, right? Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who... You got some theologians in here, Tracy. Very impressive. It is true. He can do all things in Christ who strengthens you. So these, and you have that in there because some days you need to hear that. Not only from the pastor, but from your own self-talk, yes? And so this is why this is. Three things. You can have about money. You can have about your faith. You can have about religion, or not religion, uh, sorry, uh, your waistline. Whatever you want to do. But start getting these things down. And then go old school, old school. Get a three-by-five card, write it out. Put it on your visor, put it on your mirror, put it on your phone. So what, what my wife does is genius. She, take, she write, uh, talks this stuff in, into the uh, phone and then plays it while she's asleep. Come on, Stacy. She's a coach's coach. Second, the second practical thing. Second practical. First one's positive affirmation. Second one is make God your partner. And it's so simple. I, look, uh, put up this next photograph. Uh, I was invited several years ago down to the Billionaires Conference in Boca Raton, Florida. And I didn't know who was going to be there, but I thought, well, you know, I like the B in front of that, so I'm showing up, right? So I get down there, and lo and behold, there's David Green and Reinhard Bunke. Did I say it right? Okay. Look, when I first came to Jesus, because, you know, I didn't know. I was over at an evangelical place for a while, and I heard about, I heard about Reinhard Bunke and Heidi Baker. I thought they were cartoon characters. <laughs> I did. I said, who are you? Is this a charisma cartoon? You know, Heidi, Heidi Baker, Adventure of Heidi Baker, and Reinhard Bunke. Who are these cats, man? So I show up down there in, in, in Boca Raton, and I got to meet Reinhard Bunke. I said, man, I thought you were a cartoon, bro. He says, well, you're acting like one. I said, yeah. <laughs> and then I found out this guy would bring people to Jesus 300,000 at a time. And he didn't have a church. I thought, man, we worship a huge God. Yeah? And then I talked to David Green, and I, and I kind of knew who David Green was, you know, being a business guy and all. And so he's, he, you know, he's got this thing called Hobby Lobby, right? And uh, makes a few dollars doing that. And so 
I said, David, how did you become such a very wealthy billionaire with Hobby Lobby? I said, to be honest with you, David, I want you to know, I've been to Hobby Lobby. <laughs> Wasn't my scene. I know you're shocked, okay? Wasn't my scene. In fact, I said, David, I actually bought one of your wooden frames, put it in the back seat on the way home, and it broke. I said, bro, I don't get Hobby Lobby. <laughs> and he looks at me, he kind of smiles. He says, you don't have to get it. <laughs> and I said, well, what happened? How did you come do this? And he goes, you know, it's really interesting, Michael. He said, what happened was one day I was in my office and I had like six stores at the time. And it was always a struggle, you know, because one store would do really good. Then the next week, that store would do bad. Then the next store, it was always Robin Peter to pay Paul. Anybody get into business like that? It's like, when is it ever going to stop? And he says, I was like seven years into this deal, and I was so spent. I was so tired of chasing that constantly, chasing that dollar, chasing that next thing, seeing how I was going to do it. How am I going to make payroll this time? How can I open up this next store? And he said, I, I was done. I was so done. It was either I'm going to sell this place or I was going to move on. And so I said, Father, what do I need to do? And he said, shut your office. So he closed the office. He told his assistant, hold all my calls, right? That whole thing. He shut it. And he said, I climbed underneath the desk. It was my secret place. And I cried out to the Lord. And he screamed. He cried. He snotted. He did everything. He manifested. And he said, Father, I don't know what to do. What do I do? And he cried out to the Lord for six hours plus. He finally came out from underneath his desk. And he's like, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? And God said to him, he said, make me the owner of this business. Because David said, man, I had a pride issue. And I said, what do you mean a pride issue? He goes, yeah, because I felt that I had to do this all by myself. I said, were you, were you too prideful to go get money? He goes, no, I had money, people throwing money at me. He says, I wanted to be the man. I wanted to do this myself. And he said, when God said, make me your partner, I got on my knees and I said, Father God, you're the CEO. This is all yours. I give it all 100% to you 100% of the time, God. Forgive me for being so selfish. Forgive me, Lord. And he said, in that instant, God downloaded him literally the blueprint for merchandising in Hobby Lobby. He implemented that, and it was off to the races. It was Hockey Stick City. He gave back about eight years ago, nine years ago, he wrote a check for $500 million for the biblical museum in Washington, D.C., and didn't break a sweat. He gives 70%, 70 percent of his revenue, of his income to the Lord. He's a man of action. He took an action. He listened. And he's like, you know what, Michael? He says, I don't have to give 70%. I get to give 70%. How is it, how blessed are we when, when we have a business partner that says, hey, I'm going to provide you with everything. I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to give you the hands. I'm going to give you the mind of Christ. I'm going to give you the way. I'm going to do it all. All I want is 10 points back. It's a pretty good partner, yes? Make God your partner. Do not hesitate. Reinhardt Bunky was awesome, too. I said, Reinhardt, can you compete with that? No, Michael. <laughs> Thank you.
Third thing, take action, do not hesitate. You know, there's an old saying, and I, I've come from sales and building businesses and creating wealth, and the sayings that we have is, if you think long, you think wrong. So true. You know, my, my thing is that you should measure twice, cut once. And some of my NLE alumni are in here and they know this. Look, the, the highways and the byways and the roadways through this country are paved with squirrels that just could not make up their minds. Double-mindedness is not from him. Ambiguity and confusion is not from him. We worship a Lord that's a perfect, perfect God, and he decides things, and all you have to do is to ask him, and he'll tell you. And guess what? Here's the catch-all, the good things, Romans 8, 28. If you screw it up, and you will, he'll fix it. But we walk around like atheists and worry about it and are scared to take action, well, what happens? Because look, let me know this. If you take nothing away, take this, okay? Your biggest, your biggest opportunity, your biggest breakthrough, your biggest financial day is on the other side of that biggest fear that you have. And as you want to grow and prosper, okay, you get downloads all the time. All the time you get them, but you let fear, you let Satan, Beelzebub, the dark one, the evildoer come in and take that from you and steal your inheritance because you have lack of T, low T, trust, because you get in fear and you buy the lie of the enemy. And let me just tell you this, I've been there I, and I still have to fight it off. And you know why? I'm in here saying this today, not just because Tracy and John asked me, because I need to hear it too. And that's why we have community. Make no mistake about it, Jesus could have walked this earth by himself. But he chose 12 people to walk with him. And he knew that they needed 12 people because they needed community. Even under the community, though, they fought about who loved Jesus or who Jesus or their favorite, right? Thank God they didn't have Facebook back then. <laughs> They'd have never got the Bible written. <laughs> Look, do you guys remember that show Lost that came out about five or eight, ten years ago? You know, it was kind of a weird show, you know. And I was into it the first three years, about three and a half years into it. They kind of jumped the shark a little bit, you know. I mean, Stephen Hawking couldn't even find, follow the thing anymore, you know. But look, one of the things they had was, you know, press the button, John. Right? They, they come to this big island, you know, they go down to this island and it's got all these little weirdos and they think, it's, I don't know, I, you know, I think it was, a, it was a precursor to the Malaysian airliner deal, but maybe not. Uh, that's right, I said it. Uh, but look, it was time to press the button, John. And he, they were obsessed about pressing this button. Okay? How often do we hesitate when we need to press the button. Look, you could go out there and make it, maybe you have a big month, $100,000, $10,000, $5,000. It's like in the book when, when the guy says, Father uh, or, or Pastor, you know, I want to I want to be able to tie the $100. Great, you need to make $1,000 week. Well, I want to do 25, I want to do $250. Great, you need to make $2,500 a week. Then he gets to $5,000 a week. He's 
cranking. He's kicking, you know, he's cooking with gas. He's got five grand a week come in. He says, Pastor, it's really hard for me right now to write that check for $500. He goes, no problem, Bill. We got this covered. He said, oh, good. I knew you'd understand because, you know, 500 bucks is a lot of money. He said, come here, let's pray together. He goes, okay. Puts his arm around him, lays some hands on him. Says, Father God, we ask you to take away Bill's robust salary. Okay, please lower him back down to $2,500. He goes, wait a minute. That's not what I meant. I said, yes, it is. And Robert said, yes, it's exactly what you meant. Because we hesitate. Listen, I've had some big wins. Big wins. With big commas. And it's hard to press the button, John. To hit that send button, hit that text button. Because the enemy, Satan, Beelzebub, the dark one, steps in there and starts saying, hey, just think what you could do to that $1,000. What can you do with that $250? What can you do with that $50,000, McIntyre? Press the button, John. Don't hesitate. Trust in him. Okay? Don't buy the lie. He who hesitates. You know, if you wait for all the lights to be green to go to the grocery store... You are going to starve to death. Sometimes you got to run some red lights. Metaphorically. (laughs) Metaphorically. So people of action. There are several people in action, you know, that in your life, in our life, in our lifetime, in present day. You got Elon Musk. He's a man of action. Now, he doesn't even, maybe he does. Maybe he's a Christian. I don't know. Who am I to say? It's between him and God. Yes, I hope he is. But he operates in a kingdom way. You might not even know it. He might not even know it. But who gets on national television and says, my stock's too high? And it goes up. That's crazy. Look, Thomas Edison I don't know if he was Christian. Maybe he was. But he was a man of action. Flew a kite one night. (laughs) He got action. (laughs) David Green, a man of action. Went under his desk, prayed out to God. What do I do? How do I change this? Changed it. We know he was a Christian. Sarah Blakely. How many of you here know Sarah Blakely? I don't know if she's Christian or not, but she's... She listened, she listened because she said, hey, go out, there, you know, go out there and get a pair of tights that are eight times smaller than you and pull those things and put them things on and we're gonna call them Spanx. She made three and a half billion dollars selling these Spanx. Now, she's a woman of action, and she couldn't breathe for two months. (laughs) But look, it was a simple idea. Do you, God gives all of us ideas, okay? Are you listening? Anthropologists say that there was 50 billion people so far on God's green earth since he created it. 50 billion. And every one of them, if that's true, whether whatever number it is, every one of them are God's children. Yes? The believers, the non-believers, the cannibals, the non-cannibals. <laughs> yeah, the non-cannibals. They're believers. Or, or not. 
but they're all God's children, and God gives gifts. Just like you as a parent give your children gifts. Maybe you as a husband or wife give your spouse gifts or friends give a gift. You do not expect that gift back, do you? No, it's a gift. And God gives gifts to every one of us. He gives you ideas. He gives you insights. He gives you creativity. He gives you all these things. And what you do with them is gonna make a difference in the kingdom or what you don't do in them. Because are you gonna let fear run you or not? Or are you gonna be like Elon Musk and said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna take this, uh, we're gonna t- do this EV and we're gonna send it to space and launch it in space and it's orbiting the earth right now, some Tesla, and we're gonna call this dragon. That's crazy talk. Do you think he came up with that idea himself? No, I don't believe that. But there's people in this room that are brilliant and God will drop stuff on you because of your brilliance and because of your faithfulness, but it's up to you to decide to do it. He's not gonna physically lift you up and carry you over there and say, hey, write this code, McIntyre. Now, I'd probably hire somebody to write the code for me, but you gotta, you gotta do this. You gotta be a person of action. And so often we hear the enemy and say, no, I can't do that because if I do that, I'm gonna go broke. I'm gonna lose money. Somebody's gonna break my machine. Somebody's gonna come in here and get glorified more than I am. And that's playing a muy poquito game. That's very small. That's all the Spanish I know. Are we tracking? Look. The fact of the matter is, as Christians, we should be the most wealthiest people walking the face of the earth. Beyond a doubt, you should have more money in your pocket than you know what to do with, okay? You should be looking at ways to give it away. I don't care. Maybe you're making $500 a week. Maybe you're making $500,000 a week. I don't care. But that wealth, if you, if you are a true believer and you want to receive that, then start acting like it. Start act, stop acting like an atheist. Start believing in who your father truly really is. Because let me just tell you this. The good Samaritan would not be famous only for his good intentions. He was famous because he was wealthy. He had money. Being wealthy is biblical. And everybody's wealth is different. Maybe $500 having your bills paid, you're wealthy. That's great. You know, here, how how many people here were born in the United States of America? Raise your hand. All right. We got a lot of good, a lot of lucky people here. You know what the odds are to be born in the United States of America? It's one in 190. And here in the United States of America, our average income is $40,000 a year. That's our mean. Below that, they consider it poverty. You know what the average income on this planet is? $90 a year. And we sit here and complain because our phone's buffering. We can't get on Wi-Fi. Really? Really? Our poorest of poor have flat screen TVs. Our poorest of poor can have health care. Any hospital will take them in. Really? And we walk around and complain. And why should, why should we complain? Because we live in a country that says you can. John F. Kennedy, anybody remember him? Thank you. <laughs> Somebody here remembers the Reagan administration? Yeah. I love you, man. 
John F. Kennedy, if he was alive today, okay, if he was alive today, he would be considered a right-wing radical. He said this statement, and listen to this. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you do for your country. I want you to know you should replace country and put church in there. Ask not what your church can do for you, but what you can do for your church. How many of us walk around and complain and say, this ain't right, that ain't right, they don't have to do this, why don't they do that? Let me, I got a news flash for you, okay? No church is perfect because it's run by humans. And so if you want to change something in your church, don't go to the pastor. You just make it happen. So many times, hey, pastor, you want to do this? What about doing that? You know, I've operated here in three churches so far, actually four, but three since I gave my life to Jesus. And it's the same one at every place. If they would do this, if they would do that. How about you showing up and doing something anyway? You should give your prayers, great. You should give your resources, your money, your tithes, great. You should give extravagantly and sometimes sacrificially. But most importantly, you should give of your gifts. That's who gave you that gift. Whatever that gift is, whether it's parking cars, whether it's cowboy security, whether it's being out here, be, being, a, being an amazing associate pastor, whether it's being like Annie, who's, who keeps everything going straight in this deal. Whether you're like Bethany, who's in charge of this worship deal, or Cuban making back sure our music's good. Whatever it is, whatever you're doing, like our, jo our pastor Joseph, whatever it is, give your gifts. And guess what you expect in return? Zero. Because your father will provide everything for you if you just trust in him. Yes? So, look, it's real important that you know this about JFK, too. He also said, a rising tide raises all boats. And I want you to know right now that John and Tracy are your rising tide. I've never seen two more genuine people that care so much about their flock. And Tracy, she bends over backwards constantly, loving you, talking to you, praying for you, and, and, and wanting you to be blessed. And that's why she went out here and bought this blessed life for you. That's a special woman. It's a special storehouse. It's a special place. Their staff is coachable. Yeah? It's so good. Really and truly is. Heather is amazing. <laughs> I work with uh, some people from Harvard, and I constantly look at trying to bring upgrade things. And I brought the guy in from Harvard to take a look at our financial stuff. And he said, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and that Heather's one of the smartest people I've met. So getting to know you has been a pleasure of mine, and it's really awesome. And I thank you for, for tolerating. And, I, and if, whoever runs the keys, come on up here. Bethany. Here's another strong female present in this house that's bringing in the glory of God. But so you've got three things, positive affirmations. Make God your partner. Give it to him. Let he, he's the best CEO in the world, okay? And be a person of action. Don't hesitate. 
press the button, John. So I want to invite you up here. If you've had money issues, if you've had money problems, if you've been rich, you've been poor, right? Being rich is better. I want you to come on up here so I can pray on you. And Tracy and John, would you guys come up here? And Richard and Lindsay and, and Rob, would you guys come up here? Matthew, because uh, I want, I want if, you, if you've experienced the lack, the fear of lack, the fear of hesitation, the fear of putting yourself out there and not getting into your comfort zone, man, come on. I want to pray for you guys because I've been there. I've, I've went out there and risked it all before. And is it easy? No, it's not easy because he's coming at you, right? So, Father God, I ask for blessings right now. Uh, Altoid, man, we, we're doing good now. We got Altoids here. Stand back, enemy. So, Father God, we just ask for anointing. We ask for a financial anointing over this house, God, over your children, God, because we walk sometimes, God, in unbelief. We walk out of trust. We walk out of fear, and we, want, we, we stop that. We want to rebuke mammon in the name of Jesus. We want to put God on our money, on our finances, on our business, Lord. We ask, we ask that you bless our money, God, because it's your money. It's all yours, Lord. God, we ask that we repent of our fear. We repent of our fear of lack, of not having enough, and, and being afraid, God, and, and acting like an orphan when you are our true Father, Lord. Father, we love you. We want to glorify you in our gifts. We want to glorify you in the money that you bless us with. We want to glorify you in the anointing. You know, I was talking to Peter Lewis and I said, Peter, I said, how, how, do you, how do you stay anointed? I mean, we all get gifts, but how do we get anointing? He said, Michael, it's really simple. Just be in the presence of the, of the anointed one as Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So Father God, we ask for anointing over all these people, God, in the name of Jesus. Let the rain fall. When we had that song, let it rain from heaven, I had a vision, a vision of a tidal wave, like a tsunami of fresh water coming in on this house and people holding up their hands and receiving it and feeling so refreshed and, and uh, empowered and, and to give you all the glory, God. It was a fresh rain of abundance coming down. And Father, we will steward your wealth well, Lord. We will steward your wealth well. We will go out there and we will not hesitate. We will press the button, God, and we will glorify you and all of our money, all of in our business, all in our earnings, all in our church works, God. We love you, Jesus. We glorify you. In the name of Jesus, the church said, Amen, Lord.